All right, so let's turn in God's Word tonight. And we'll open up in God's Word and turn to the Bible, to the book of Matthew in chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. And here again, we're going to see tonight one of the miracles that God performed. And, and throughout this miracle, there's a few things that we're going to learn. He makes a statement uh, to the men that He helped. He makes a statement to them that He has made once before. As we turn to Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 27. Matthew 9, verse number 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed Him, crying and saying, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. And when He was coming to the house, the blind men came to Him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto Him, Yea, Lord. Then touched He their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought him a dumb man, possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. Our Lord, I pray that you would help us to take this passage tonight as we see some of the things that we're continuing to study how Jesus walked and the things that He taught and the things that He did. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to apply it even to our own lives as we try to, to, to understand some of the things He said and why He said them. And Lord, help us to understand about Your nature. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak to our hearts tonight and make it very real to us. For it's in Jesus' name we ask that. Amen. Well, folks, here what we're getting ready to see is another miracle of Christ. And one of the things that it's really starting to strike me, the more that I see the miracles and the more that I study the miracles of Jesus, what I keep learning and one of the themes that I keep seeing is this. With every miracle that Christ does, with everyone that He teaches and everyone that He reaches out to, it seems like He's always looking for one thing. He's always looking for something that, that, that seems kind of new, I guess in a way, to the New Testament. They didn't really see it very much in the Old Testament. We keep seeing this one word pop up, and that's the word faith. Faith. We see faith over and over. We talked about the woman with the issue of blood. And when he looked at her and said, Woman, the, the, thy faith hath made thee whole. And something that, that I didn't do this study personally, but one man, he discovered that in the Bible, you'll see the word faith. In the Old Testament, it was mentioned twice. Two times in, in the entirety of the Old Testament. I thought, boy, that, was, that seems like a lot for, for the entire Old Testament because the Old Testament's much bigger than the new one. I thought, man, that that's, seems kind of odd. And then they counted the times the word faith was used in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the word faith is mentioned 245 times. Whereas in the Old Testament, it was only twice. So why is this? There seems to be this, this thing of faith that the Bible keeps pushing in the New Testament. And now it's not that, that faith didn't exist. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that with Abraham, that, that when he believed God to him, that was counted his faith. That's where his salvation came from. So faith was still a part of the Old Testament. But 
Now that the law was gone, there was no come and do this by faith. Now the Lord is just saying, believe me by faith. By by faith, trust in who I am. So these two men, they were men that had faith that Jesus was who he said he was. There was two men. They were blind men. Maybe they, maybe they lived together. Maybe they were friends. Maybe as, as blind, they just kind of stuck together. We don't know all their story. But we know there was two of them, and they were blind, and they were together. And so Jesus, as he comes walking through town, the Bible says these blind men, they, they ran out into the streets because they knew Jesus was coming. And so you can, you can picture it. I know I, I, I'm personal friends. Well, I say friends. We know each other pretty well. Uh, with a man that's blind. He lived his entire life. Uh, he, he was in the military. He was, he was in the Navy. Got, you know, he retired from it. And, and then I guess when he was maybe, maybe in his 60s or so, that's when he lost his sight. And so now he's transitioned into to being a blind man. And it's, and it's funny. Every time I walk up to him, I shake his hand. He'll say, hey, Trevor, long time no see. <laughs> you know, he, he, makes, he makes fun with it. But he's, he's a blind man. And I remember him, him learning how to be blind. And then whenever he's out having to transition and, well, you know, with his stick and, and feeling his way around and trying to remember these things and trying to, you know, tr- trying to cope with that. And folks, what the Bible tells us here with these men, no, notice how they come looking to Jesus in verse number 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. So as Jesus was walking, these two blind men, evidently, they went out into the streets, they left their home, and all they knew was Jesus was this direction. And they were following, they were going after Jesus, Master, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they were crying out to the Lord, just knowing He was up there somewhere. Because they couldn't see him. So as they cried out to him, Son of David, come, you know, come have mercy on us. And then something happens. The Lord does something a little different here. With the last woman that we studied last night, when, or last week rather, when, he re, when she reached out and touched the hem of his garment, she was immediately made whole. She was healed. With these two men, when you study the passage here, we'll look at it again. What he did is he took these men and led them into a house. They got out of the streets. They went into somewhere where they were alone. There was, it was private. And the master, the, the Jesus, he sits down with these men. And, and Jesus sits down. They sit down. And he starts to have a conversation with them. And he asks them. He says, men, I have a question for you. Do you believe that I am able to help you? And they said, oh, Lord, yes. Yes, we, we know you can. If there's anyone that can heal us, it's, it's you. We know you can. And then the Lord said, well, all right. Because you believe... Because of your faith, it will be so. So because they believe, Jesus says, all right, you have faith in me. I can see that. Because you have faith in me, now I am willing to help you. Now I, can, I am able to do this. So because of their faith, the Lord reached out and he touched their eyes. And the Bible says that they were able to see. And then Jesus says something else kind of strange. He looks at these two men and he says, now boys, listen. And picture this. I mean, you have been blind for, for years and now all of a sudden you're able to see. And, and the first thing you can see, for one, is, is Jesus himself. Man, that would be an amazing thing, having your sight. There's a video, and there's several of them. There's a new product on the market now. It's a, uh, it's a pair of glasses. And maybe some of you have seen this. Uh, I don't know how they work, but it's, it's glasses that if someone is colorblind, they can put these glasses on and they can see color. 
I, I don't know how it works, but I, I've seen a couple different videos of these being given as, as a gift to someone. And there was this one boy, he was, he was a teenager, and you, you know, 17, 18, you know how 17-year-olds are, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're tough. Nothing's going nothing's to, you know, bother those guys. But he was a colorblind boy, and I remember, I think it was Christmas time, they gave him this gift. So boy, he tore it open, and he's looking at it, and he's just like, yeah, I can't believe this. And he puts on the glasses. And the moment that he puts them on, he's, he is just struck with, with emotion. You know, he, he's looking around at, at the Christmas tree, right, at, at the ornaments. And he's looking at, at everyone there, and he's seeing their colors. And he, he begins to cry. Like, he is, he is weeping because of all the, the, the colors that he has missed for his entire life. And so I can, just seeing him, and I think about this boy being struck with emotion that way. I can imagine what these blind men were going through. For years and years and years, not being able to see anyone, not seeing their friends, not seeing if they were married or their wives, not seeing their family, not seeing anything, having to feel their way around. Now all of a sudden being able to see, and then the moment they were able to see, Jesus looked at them and said, Now, boys, now listen to me. Don't you tell anyone about this. What? What? Yeah, yeah, I'm all of a sudden able to see, and and you don't want me to tell anyone? Look what Jesus said in verse number 30. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them right away. As soon as their eyes were opened, Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. I thought, man, they've just been given the greatest gift of their entire life outside of getting to go to heaven. And and man, now they're not able to tell anyone? That seems kind of, kind of odd. Lord, why would you do that? So, so not only did he take them in to, and put them in a house, not only did he perform this miracle in secret, he told the men that he helped, you're not supposed to tell anyone about this. And I thought, man, that seems kind of odd. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a few minutes because he did that another time to someone that had leprosy as well. He told him, don't go tell anyone. So we'll talk more about that. So he told them, and then, and then these two men, of course, whether we could say that that they obeyed or they didn't. And I'm going to show you both sides of that. Uh, that there, there's something that they did. They went out and now all of a sudden they're able to see. And, and sure enough, they're out telling somebody something. We know they are. Because they went out and they found a man the Bible says was dumb. Which means as in he wasn't ignorant, but he was unable to speak. He, he had lost his power of speech. The reason the man they went to go get that couldn't speak. The Bible says he was possessed with an unclean spirit or a devil. Look what the Bible says in verse number 30, uh, 32. And they went out. Behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. So this man, he was possessed with what we in our English, what we call a demon, he was possessed, and that's why he wasn't able to speak. And you know, that's something that, that you know, the more I think about, it's something we're very reluctant to say today. You know, everything that we see, everything we understand, we try to put some kind of medical term on it. You know, we try to, we try to reason it within the physical. We try to keep everything within the physical, the things that we know. But, you know, sometimes bad things happen physically because of what's going on in the spiritual world. That's a very real, that's a very real thing. And we get, we get our mind mixed up about what, what demons are and who Satan is because of what the TV wants to push I mean, if you, if you watch, uh, if you see any of the commercials of what, what the, the, the Hollywood is going to show, oh, this is, a, you know, this is the way demonic activity works, I can promise you they're probably going to get it wrong because the Bible tells us how it works. And furthermore, the Bible tells us all we need to know about it. If the Lord wanted us to know more, He would have put it in here. 
But what we do know based off of this, sometimes physical problems happen to people because of what the spirit world is doing. Uh, that, that, that can cause that. So what happens in verse number 33? Uh, the devil was cast out and the dumb man spake. So that they, here the two men, the, man that, the men that couldn't see, they brought the guy that couldn't speak. Lord, this guy's possessed with the devil. And the Lord straightway drew him out. And then now he was, he was able to speak. He was able to, to think for himself. He had power of his own body back. The demon was gone. And then at that moment when Jesus did that, that miracle was not in secret. Everyone saw that one. That one he'd done in front of everyone because right after, everyone was amazed. The Bible says in verse 33, they marveled. And all the Pharisees there, you know, the ones that try to analyze everything and, you know, think they've got it all figured out. They said, oh, the only reason he's able to do that, the only reason he can cast out devils is because he is of Satan himself. And they said that of Jesus because they're trying to, you know, rationalize everything in their own mind. So we know there's a whole other lesson in what the Lord told them about that. But what we do see is that he was able to make this man speak. So, folks, here's what we want to learn tonight. We're going to take a few things away from this. And once again, it's going to be centered around this thing of faith and how much it applies to us today. Folks, I want to show you that faith, it is the thing that healed these people. But much more than that, much more than faith giving them their sight, faith is what gave them their salvation. Faith gave them their sight, yes, but faith gave them their salvation. Look what they said to Jesus in verse number 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Okay, why is that important? Son of David. You know, David, he had many other relatives Right? We know that David, he had a son named Solomon, and Solomon had his kids, and then, then there was those children and those children. It was a long generation, right? I mean, you're, you're several generations removed. I think it's, what, 14 generations, the Bible says, from the time of David to the time of Christ. I think it was 14. In any case, well, we know that he was, a, he was a son of David, but why would they call him that? Folks, Jesus, he was a man. It was promised that a Messiah would come from David. That, that was a promise that God gave. He looked down at Abraham and he looked at David and said that, uh, that the Messiah will come from your family. So when they look at Jesus, and folks, when you read your Bible, when you see the term son of David, that is a name that they gave to God saying, okay, he is the chosen son of David that was promised. That's him. They know that's him. So they knew when they say the son of David, they are attributing that to Christ. That, that, that's what they mean. So when these two blind men, when they, looked at, when they looked at Jesus and they said, Son of David, they're crying out and they're saying, Hey, chosen one, Messiah, the one that was promised. We know that's you. Son of David, come and have mercy on us. They knew who he was. And folks, the amazing thing about that what was that we also see that's where their faith came from. That's where their faith came from. Folks, faith does not come based off of faith does not come based off of what we can see. Faith does not come based off of what we understand. The Bible says, uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That means these blind men, 
they were able to have faith in something that they could not see and something they could not understand. Physically, they were unable to see it. So all around us, while yes, we have, we have evidences, we can look out and we can see the wonderful things that God has made. Boy, at nighttime, I, I love driving at night. And maybe I shouldn't do this while I'm driving, but I love looking up at the stars. You know, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. We can see the things that God has made and I can look and I can say, wow. Look how wonderful God is. And that's something that I can, figuratively speaking, sink the, my teeth into you know, with, with my faith. I can see that. Folks, these blind men, they weren't able to do that. Someone told these blind men, we don't know who, maybe they heard Jesus even speak. We don't know. But someone told these blind men that there is a man here. His name is Jesus. And he is the one that was promised that would come. He is the one that we know was going to come from David. And you know what they did? They purposed in their heart. They said, okay, we believe it. So therefore, with that, it was a decision. Folks, that's what faith is. It is that, that active conscience choice. I am going to believe what I have heard. Because faith comes by hearing. They heard about it, and they chose to believe it. That is a choice. And so with that in mind, with knowing what faith is, let's look again really quick at what this faith did to them. Folks, in verse number 28, it says, And when he was come into the house, all right, there's a blind man. They went into the house alone. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And here's their faith again. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. They called him Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. So, first miracle. Here it was. that Their faith was there, and Jesus said, Do you have faith? Do you believe? Do you actually trust in me? And they said, Oh, Lord, we do. Of course we do. We know it's you. And the Lord touched their eyes, and, and they could see. Folks, because faith is not based on what we can see and what we can understand, I believe what the Lord is trying to teach these men and what He's trying to teach us is this, that faith is more important than any miracle that He will ever perform. Folks, having faith in who God is and, and believing in who God is without seeing it or without understanding it is more important than the miracle itself. See, because well, what he was trying to show these men is I believe he, he wanted to, to pull them aside and, and do this for them and say, now listen, don't tell anyone. I want people to believe in me for me. Because look, folks, all around us, there are people trying to give us evidences of other things. Uh, now, I'm going to give you an example. If you remember, and, and maybe one day the Lord will take us there, and it's, and it's an interesting story, so much truth in it. If you remember when Moses, when he, went back to, uh, when he went back to Egypt, he went there and he went before Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, you need to let God's people go. And Pharaoh looked and said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And then the Lord said, okay, uh, Moses, then you need to you know, bring some plagues. I'm going to bring some plagues upon Egypt and you're going to do it. And the Bible says that the ten plagues of Egypt, and that's where those came from. There was, there was the flies, there was the frogs, the water, it turned into blood. And, and there was all these miracles that had happened. If you read that passage, something else very scary, I guess is probably the best word for it. 
Something very real and supernatural happened that God didn't have anything to do with in that picture. What happened was Pharaoh, and if you study Egypt, Egypt was a very, very wicked and false god. And, well, any false god, I guess we could say, is satanic. So that would have been a satanic place. Pharaoh, he looked over his magicians said, magicians, come here. And he called them out. And they were able to do some things, now not in the exact same scale, but they were able to do some very real, I, mean, I hate using this word, but miracles that Moses was at the same time doing. Moses took his rod and he threw it down and it turned into a snake. And you know what Pharaoh's satanic magicians did? They took their rods, they threw them down, and they turned into snakes. Now, Moses' rod swallowed up their rod, which was kind of a, a point of God saying, yeah, that doesn't matter. But the point being, they were still able to do that. There's still things going on that, that around us that we might not understand. Satan will try to cause us uh, to trip us up. People will be ha- having man's knowledge, and we're talking about that in, you know, with our study in Genesis. Uh, there's man's knowledge that people try to go by. And the Lord, one of the things He wants to show us is this. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes with you just, just hearing the truth, understanding the truth. Put your faith in it. Don't believe in me because of, of, what, I've, of what I've shown you. you know, don't, don't put faith in me just because I was able to give you your sight. Put faith in me because of who I am. Because now we live in a time where Jesus is not here on this earth physically. Spirit's here, but he's not physically here. We live in a time where Jesus doesn't walk up and down the streets healing the blind. We live in a time where Jesus doesn't walk over to a crippled man and say, take up thy bed and walk. You know, there, there, is no, there is no Jesus that we can physically grab a hold of his cloak and have our disease healed. Okay? The Bible says, blessed are they that have believed and have not seen. That's us. We believe in something we haven't seen. We have faith in a Jesus, in a God that we haven't seen yet. So he told these men, he gave them a charge. Look, I've done this miracle, but don't go and tell anyone that I'm the one that made you to see. Now, here's where, 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 I, where I said there was kind of a question. I look at this in two different ways. Look at what Jesus says in verse number 31. Or verse 30. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. And what he's saying is, don't let anyone know that I'm the one that gave you your sight. So, does that mean that they weren't supposed to be a witness at all? And they weren't supposed to tell anyone of God's goodness and that Jesus was the Messiah? No, I don't believe that. Because the Bible says specifically, and that was a charge that was given to all Christians, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So, of course, they were supposed to be a witness. But I think what Jesus was telling them was this. Don't go and spread abroad the message of your sight. Don't go and make a big deal now that all of a sudden your eyes work. Yes, this is a wonderful thing. But what I want you to do is is keep this to yourself, the miracle that was done. But what happened was they were so excited about what happened that they went out. And of course, everyone knew that they were blind, knows now they can see. And while they were out, they went and got and, and they started spreading the message of what we can assume would be who Jesus was. And I, and I hope that's what they were actually telling, is that, what Jesus, uh, that Jesus was the Messiah. So they went and they got this, uh, this man that was possessed with a demon and brought him back. Master, here's a man that he can't speak. He's got the demon. You've got to heal him as well. So folks, we see that Jesus was trying to tell these men, don't spread abroad the specific thing that I did. 
Folks, we're not supposed to necessarily spread abroad just maybe what our blessings are, how good God has been to us. And by the way, God has been very good to us. But more important than how good God is to us is who He is to us. See, because God might be blessing me with, God might be blessing me with my health or something for now. Maybe God is blessing me with, uh, maybe I'm going through some, maybe financially things are going well. Now, maybe I have, I've been blessed with this, I've been blessed with that, and boy, my blessings are great. You know, I thank God for my blessings. But you know, the blessings that we have on this earth, they're only temporary. They're here for a little bit. One day, I'm not even going to have this body anymore. So that blessing of health, that's, that's not going to be here. But, you know, one day, all the finances that I have, those blessings, one day they're going to be gone because uh, there's no point in being the richest man in the graveyard is what they say. You can't do business there anyway. You know, there's no point in, in, in keeping physical blessings. But folks, who Jesus is to me, my Savior, the one that shed His blood on the cross, that's something that's going to be with me in heaven. That is something that can save someone else from their sins. That is something that is so much more important than the blessing. So while these men got their eyes, you know, those eyes are long gone. We know that. <laughs> they, they, eventually they passed away and they were in a graveyard and now they're gone. So they had that for a while and Jesus wanted them to focus on who he was. So folks, faith is something that saves people of their sin. Faith is what allows Jesus to work. So folks, faith is also something that, that we put in. We talked about that as well. Faith, we, we place that in a person. God should get more glory than the miracles that he does. God himself should get more glory than the miracles that he does. And I think maybe that's somewhere where, where I know I've probably messed up. You know, we, we talk about the miracles that God does. Oh, man, this is so wonderful. But if the miracle gets more publicity than the person who did the miracle, we've got it messed up. We've mixed it up. And that's what I believe what God was trying to show. So, folks, there's something else we're going to see here about faith. We showed how, how we talked about how faith is what saves us. Faith is a person that we put our, uh, our faith in. Or, excuse me, faith is uh, us putting our faith in someone. And then we're also going to see that faith motivates us to do something. So these two men, we talked about what they did. Uh, verse number 31. And, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. And they went out, and behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitude marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. Folks, I believe this is something that, that true faith should do to us as well. Have you ever had something that, that you believed in, and you believed in it so much, you just had to tell somebody about it? You know, I know one guy... He went, on, uh, he went on this one particular health kick for a while. And, you know, he was, you know, he was doing this diet and stuff. And, and boy, it, st it started to really work for him. Man, he started, he started getting in shape. He started leaning out. And he started, to, uh, he started to feel good about himself. And then what he did, it was starting to work. He, man, he started getting on the phone. He would call his buddies like, hey, man, let me tell you about this new diet that I'm on. And, you know, it was just, yeah, he was just kind of going crazy because of how something was working for him. Why? Because he believed in something. He wanted to share it with others. Uh, you know, if someone, I know sometimes maybe this is a guy thing. 
Actually, I'd probably say it's 99% of the time it's a guy thing. You know, when a guy, he gets a new car, right? And boy, he just loves this new car. He wants to show off his new car. I remember when I was a kid, the town I grew up in, every, uh, every month in the summer, that on one Saturday night, they would have this not a nice car show. You know, all the cars would come and show up, and they would, they would cruise up and down the strip in town. And, and then at the end of it, if you wanted to, if you wanted to go burn the rubber off your tires, whoever makes the most smoke gets a trophy for that month. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a fun thing, but I remember all the guys, we'd be out there getting rubber slung in our faces, and we'd say, yeah, and all the girls were singing, this is dumb. They're just wasting their money, <laughs> which, which they probably were, but it was fun. And, you know, what they would do is whenever a guy would get something that he was, boy, he was was really proud of with, with in his car. You know, man, I got this new set of tires and these tires, man, they're great. Or I've, I've got this new engine put in my pickup or I've got, you know, I put this new four barrel carburetor on my engine. And, and man, they would go and they'd start telling all their buddies about it. Why? Because they believed in it. It, it was something that, it, something that moved them. It was something that motivated them. Folks, these, these two men here, when God gave them their sight, when they were able to see and they, they were given a gift that, that no one else could have possibly given them. And they were so moved. They were so motivated deep down within themselves. They couldn't help but go and tell others about who God was. Because the Bible tells us, if we look back at that scripture, that they went and they spread abroad Him. They spread abroad Jesus and what He did. Folks, and the Lord didn't want them to focus on the miracle. They didn't want anyone to know that Jesus had done it. But he did want these men to be a witness. He did want these men to speak the truth because that's, that's something he's told all Christians to do. He's told us to spread abroad the truth. And here's what we have to ask ourselves. Do we have a faith that motivates us to tell others? Do we have a faith that just, just lights a fire in our soul and wants us to go and spread abroad the message of others. Because these two men, knowing what Jesus could do, they looked over and they saw this man that was possessed with the devil and he couldn't even speak. Hey, you, come here. We're going to get you some help. And man, they took this guy and they brought him to Jesus. How many people do we go to and do we grab by the arm and drag them to Jesus? Because we know what they need. Now, I realize there's, uh, there's a measure of will that comes with that. You know, when it comes to someone trusting in the Lord, they have to have the faith on their own. We can't force someone to have faith. But at the same time, boy, if we believe that God is who He said He was, and if we trust in Him, if He'd done something great in our soul, and He saved us, and He made us new, and He made us whole, we should want to see that for other people as well. So, so it, it convicts me in my own heart. Do, do I pray enough for the lost? Do I care enough for those, those that are lost and are dying and on their way to a very real hell? Do I care enough for those that, like this blind man, are being afflicted by Satan and his hordes? Do I care enough for those that are losing their way and losing all that they have because of sin? Folks, I want to tell you something. Sin, I've said this statement before, sin will always separate. And there comes a point in time, I think we've all seen it, where sin eventually, it just ruins so many lives. It ruins so many homes. It ruins so many hearts that it really ought to break our own hearts to see it. You know, when we see homes that are torn apart because of sin, when we see people literally losing their lives because of sin, 
When we see someone's life, they had everything. They had the world hanging from a string, and then they lost it all or in the gutter because of sin. Folks, sin will destroy, and sin will separate. And at some point, that ought to break our hearts, and our faith in God should motivate us to have them put their faith in God as well. Hey, look, let me show you what God did for me. He can do it for you too. Man, God can save you. He can help you. Put your faith in God. And folks, the faith that these men had... God can help them in the same way because God is asking every man, every woman, every person, he's asking them the very same question that he asked these two men. When he looked at them in that room in verse number 29 or in verse number 28, when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, believe ye that I am able to do this? Believe ye that I am able to do this? Folks, that's the question that he's asking everyone. He's looking at the lost and saying, do you believe that I'm able to save you from your sin? Do you believe that I am able to give you a home in heaven? Do you believe that I am able to do what I said I would do? Do you believe that? Sadly, there are people that you'll ask them that question and they'll say, no. You know, Jesus, just a fable. It's just a, just a fairy tale. It's no different than any other... Any other story that we've read throughout history is no different. And folks, sadly, they'll walk away. And others, they will look and they'll say, Oh, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the Son of David, Jesus. I believe you are who you said you are. And then Jesus, he'll say to them, just like he said to everyone else, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Folks, one day we'll be in heaven. And when we see him, we will be there because of our faith. Folks, the Bible, it tells us that salvation, it comes by grace through faith. God gives it graciously, but it only comes through faith. And it seems, it seems so, so simple in a way that faith, just believing in something, actively putting your faith in something, it seems so simple. Yet, but to earnestly believe it deep down in our heart of hearts. Folks, that's something that sometimes is difficult. So let this be our prayer this evening. Here's what we'll take away from this. Let's understand that faith is so, so very important. Help let us never lose, uh, lose the amount of faith that we put into God. Not that we could lose our salvation, but in our day-to-day walk with the Lord. Let's have faith that he can, he can guide us, that He can lead us. And let's let that faith motivate us to do something for Him. And just like with these two men Let's not focus on the blessings that God would give us. And while they are good and while they are great and while we thank God for those and while we can share those blessings with others, the message of God is not a message of miracles. The message of God is a message of faith. Do you believe that I am able to do this? That's the question that God is asking. So if we could, we'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. Our Lord, tonight, we're so thankful for all it is that you do for us, the way, you, the way you guide us through life. Lord, you love us. You care for us. You bless us. You answer our prayers. Lord, just like many of us have said, and it's, and it's turning into such a saying, but Lord, you've, you've blessed us so much farther than what we deserve, and we know that. But Lord, much more than our blessings, you are our Savior. You're our God. You shed your blood. You died for us. And Lord, I pray that the faith that we have in you, I pray that each and every one of us would, would take that faith and that we would use it to spread the message of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I pray that it would motivate us to be the men and women of God that you would have us to be. So folks, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if the Lord has impressed something upon your heart tonight, if maybe there's some business that you need to do with the Lord, this is your time to have some prayer with Him. Do you realize tonight that if you're saved, if you're born again, already there's been a great miracle done in your life? You've been forgiven of your sin. You've received a pardon. You never have to pay for those because God already did the paying for you. If you have that faith and if you've put your faith in Him, Let's let that faith motivate us to be busy for God as well. Our Father God, again, what a wonderful day it's been. Lord, it's always good when we can open the Word of God and we can see from it and we can hear from it and we can, and we can learn. And Lord, I pray that you would just prick our hearts tonight. Help us to understand faith, how important faith is. Lord, how much you talked about faith. Lord, I pray tonight that as we get ready to go our separate ways, that we would leave here, Lord, dwelling and living every moment in the faith that we have in you. And I pray that that faith would motivate us. We love you, Lord. Lord, go with us now and and keep us from temptation. And I pray that we would just have all our hearts and minds geared upon you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.